Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 234. My name is Adam Patterson. Joining me today, we've got Kevin Rakestraw. How are you doing, Kevin? Uh, doing pretty good. It's good to hear. Good to hear. Yeah. I'm doing pretty good as well. Uh, good. This week on the show, we'll be reviewing Lucille Hadzalilovich's Evolution, along with some of what we've been watching on the watch list, movie predictions, new on video on demand, Blu-ray releases. Remember, you can join in the discussion by emailing us at podcast.filmpulse.net or sending us a tweet at filmpulse.net net on twitter on the, on the twitter on the twitters i feel like there was a, a couple a couple bits of news that came out um this week was there there was a trailer that i wanted to talk about goon 2 <clears throat> got a trailer yeah pretty excited about that it's uh it's called goon last the enforcers Uh-oh. i was a pretty big fan of the first goon not gonna lie, I was really surprised with how much I liked that movie. Big surprise. Uh, Alien Covenant got a poster. Just very excited for this one. That's right. You excited? I guess. I guess so. I think it's. I think it's high time that I rewatch the Alien movies. I think it's. I think it's always time to watch the Alien movies. It's been so long. I really don't remember much. Oh of them. my god, they're so good. I even like Alien Three and Alien Resurrection. Nobody else likes those, but I do. I think that's a rewatch that I won't be disappointed with. Watch the director's cut of Alien 3. The Finch oh, movie. we got director's cuts now. The The director's cut of Alien 3 is not bad. All right. All right. Alien Covenant. Did you see the cast list on this one? Uh-uh. What do we got? So we got Michael here? Fassbender. He's uh, reprising his role as David, the, the, okay. the android. And then we also uh-huh. have Catherine Waterston, Danny McBride... Wow. Damien Bashir, Billy Crudup, okay. and Amy Simons. Wow. Yeah. That's a solid cast. That is a that is a fantastic cast. That's an interesting cast. It is. I like it. So very, very excited. Ridley Scott coming back to the Alien franchise. Apparently it's gonna be straight up horror. It's not gonna be any kind Uh-oh. of Yeah, very, very excited. It's not gonna he's not gonna try and make it cerebral. I don't think so. I don't think he's going the Prometheus route with it. I think he's just going to stick with the uh, tried and true sci-fi horror with this. Comes out May 19th, so keep keep a lookout for that one. Uh, the, only, the, the other thing I wanted to mention was that uh, Silence, the trailer for that came out. The new oh, school, I, did, I saw that one. Scorsese. Yeah, that's right. I saw that one. What do you think that about this? Like, that looks like garbage. You think so? I, I'm pretty excited for it. Why do you think it looks like garbage? I don't know. I just don't like anything about it. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about our movie this week. So Evolution is, uh, directed by Lucille Hedzalilovich. Uh, it's also written by her alongside, uh, there's two other writers. Uh, I don't know, like, this is Jeff Cox in collaboration with, and then it says, uh, Alanti Kavaite. Yeah. All right. I have a synopsis here, uh. The only residents of young Nicholas's seaside town are women and boys. When he sees a dead body in the ocean one day, he begins to question his existence and surroundings. Why must he and all the other boys be hospitalized? All right, so let's start with you, Kevin. What did you think of Evolution? First off, it was gorgeous. Yep, I will agree with that. Straight off the bat, those underwater shots. Boy, 
In all honesty, it could have just been that. Well, just everything, just the the whole the whole location, like this whole island. I wanted to just go there, like how they it was like bombed out ruins that they were in, and just like all of the little huts and just everything about this place. The like the rocky terrain, yeah. I I loved it. Black black sand, white like square buildings. Yeah, I loved everything about that. It's just there's visually there's. There's a lot of spectacular stuff. Um, it's the longest short film I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, I was really happy at for you know when I first started it. I'm like, damn, only an hour and eighteen minutes. Wow, fantastic! Thank you so much. But uh, you really feel the whole weight of that hour and eighteen minutes because there's just there's not a lot going on here. Yeah. Like, the... they, they stretch this out yeah, so much. Yeah, definitely. There's not a lot of dialogue, and it's just, uh, it is kind of plotting. It, it it moves, kind of lurches forward. Oh, it sure does. I mean, I like, it's, there's part of me that's like, oh, okay, it's, it was kind of interesting. But at the same time, I just, I don't think there was enough there to really, like, get a grip on me to really, you know, kind of dig into it. I found aspects of it to be fascinating i was interested to learn more about this world that these people were living in but i felt like the exploration of it was not deep enough for me to really get or understand exactly what was happening here yeah and because i think at first it, re- it kind of works to its benefit because you know it keeps everything rather vague keeps the interests locked in but after a while you know how you're saying it kind of lurches forward and it just kind of really takes its time and it's not doesn't really seem to be digging in deep into anything after a while you just kind of lose your grip on it yep uh i will agree with that i still would recommend this because mostly mostly due to the visuals i mean this this movie is gorgeous and it's not just the location uh how it's shot is pretty fantastic i mean the the cinematography in this is top notch uh the the creepiness of it and the kind of it's almost it almost feels like a body horror movie in a lot of ways uh oh, yeah. or or even like a lynch film especially towards the end with uh when he uses it like in that pool thing uh in that water tank um yeah. so it, it definitely gets very bizarre and <laughs> and i appreciate that i liked that it got really i was eating while i was watching this and there there are a few moments where i was just like i'm not sure i want to be eating anymore like i I don't know if i can continue eating because there's some pretty gross stuff for some reason the the whole was it a a snail i guess it was the the snail and the belly button that scene where it was like slowly getting like for some reason that was just so creepy to me but there were there were a number of moments where it's it's a disturbing little movie and like like the like the synopsis doesn't really give doesn't kind of glean any information about this movie at all. So it it seems like I don't know if the dead body has any kind of connection to because it seems like what they're saying is after he sees the dead body, he begins to question existence and all of this stuff. But it seems like he would he was going to end up in the hospital anyway. Because it seemed like he was about yeah. he was entering puberty. Well, it's also kind of weird because that's the first thing that happens. Right. So you don't really get to meet Nicholas before he starts. Like you, 
you essentially meet him when he's questioning. Right. So it doesn't so. seem abnormal because we don't know what he's like beforehand. We don't know what his personality is like. I mean, yeah. clearly he's he's different than the other boys, but we I don't was he always like that? I guess not. If they seem yeah. to think that he's acting different. And I was well, like, I mean, you get the, you know, you start asking questions right off the bat because why do all the women look the same? Yeah, and they look why are all the why are all the kid the boys like the same age and why do they all kind of look the same? And just how does this whole town work? Yeah, because it seems it seems as if as if they're stuck in the past. And at first, I thought the movie was taking place in the past. But then you, there's a scene involving an ultrasound, which is very clearly modern. Yeah, and that kind of threw everything off. And I'm like, oh well, okay, I guess it's not in the past, even though that the, like their dress is very old timey, and it's, it seems like they don't really have any kind of technology other than an ultrasound machine and. I guess a VCR. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just a bizarre little world, and I I do kind of yearn to know more about it, but the movie doesn't give you that much. No, it doesn't, and it doesn't give you that much in you know an hour and eighteen minutes. No, and to bring that up again, you know, it's just like if you condense all the information that you're able to glean from this movie, it doesn't take up that much time. Right, and if you're looking for strong character moments. This is not it either. I mean, the characters yeah. are uh, you, you get you get nothing out of these people. Like I like you said, all the women kind of look the same, and I honestly could not tell some of them apart. Like, there's a scene where he gets sort of rescued from the hospital, and I could not figure out which character that was. <laughs> I didn't know if it was his mom or one of the nurses. Yeah, and they got a lot of nurses at that hospital. Yes, they do. And they all look very just, creepy, and they all creep yeah. me, and they all creep me out. I just I don't know where they're getting their funding for their hospital. I I don't know either. See, this is these this is another question. <laughs> questions that plague us. There's so many questions in evolution. I mean, I guess the title sort of implies what they're going for, right? Like that. Yeah. This maybe it takes place in the future. I mean, that's that's what we could be looking at. Yeah, they're just they're working towards something, and uh, I'm not exactly sure what that something is. I don't know either, especially with that one scene with the all the women on the rocks. Yeah, that one really threw me for a loop. I was like, "What's what's going on with that?" And then the the marks, the markings on their backs. Yeah, it's just uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I'm missing. I think <laughs> I just I don't I I want to. There's part of me that thinks that a lot of this is tied back to starfish, I guess. Like, if I knew more about starfish, maybe. Yeah, maybe, like, the how starfish reproduce or something like that. Because there's a lot of starfish. I mean, a lot of starfish imagery. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's a lot of focus on starfish. Yeah, there seem to be, yeah. Which, starfish are pretty great. I mean, I think that reaffirmed my... Your love of starfish? appreciation of starfish. Yeah, I just kind of forgot about starfish. And I was like, yeah, you're damn right. They should have a movie. Starfish deserve a movie. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Why aren't there more Starfish movies? I, I don't know. I don't know. We need it. I was thinking the other day, we need more quicksand movies. That is something that kind of fell out of favor. Where where are the quicksand movies at? I was thinking about that, that yesterday. I guess it was because quicksand never really acts the way quicksand does in movies. I don't know, but... 
I, I want to see more quicksand in movies. That's that's it. Uh-huh. I just I need more quicksand. We need a quicksand pit filled with starfish. Ooh. I just half wrote someone's movie. You can have it for free. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. Get it. All right. Like I said, I would still give Evolution Light recommend mainly for the visuals and just how kind of creepy and bizarre it is. It's it's uh, it's an interesting one for sure. Uh, as far as storytelling narrative, it just wasn't quite there for me. It was, I would say, s- slightly hypnotic. Like I was, I was kind of mesmerized by this movie at times. Yeah, but. It, uh, like you said, it didn't really quite hold me, and I, I thought the ending felt, felt a little bit flat for me. Like, I just, I wanted a little bit more. Just give me a little bit more to go on here. Yeah, and it's just that there's a lot of padding, too, in here, where it's just like, let's, you know, there's some long sequences of just underwater shots, but it's just kind of nothing going on. And, I know, you know, it kind of does help lull you into that, you know, trance, you know, mm-hmm. you're kind of going for that atmosphere. But at the same time, it it almost feels like there's too much of that. Yeah. It was just, we kept going back to it too often. Well, I didn't even think about kind of, it until you said it, but it this does, it is kind of the perfect format for a short film. Like, uh, I didn't even think about it at the time, but looking back at it now, this probably would have worked better as a short film. Yeah. Just, just, just get rid of all that excess padding, and you have a pretty solid short film that because you know a good short film leaves you wanting more yeah i just you know if i had to if i gathered up all that underwater footage wait what do you think that come out to like 35 percent of the movie it's a lot 30 i mean it's just it's like oh let's take a break underwater it's like all right maybe like invest more time into your well i kept thinking something was gonna happen on under there like some, something we were gonna see that dead body or something yeah, with that starfish over it yeah I don't know. You know, it's part of me. It's interesting. I, I mean, I guess I would go kind of like you. It'd be like a light recommend. All right. It's interesting, but it's just, I don't know. It just feels, just feels a bit too light. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's a, it's a bit of a downer too. Uh, you, you'll see this week with the movies I watched, there's a theme of uh, very kind of tragic movies in my watch list this hmm. week. Lots of downers. Uh, so let's go ahead and give Evolution a score. I'm going to throw out a 6 out of 10 on this one. Okay. I think I'm going to go about the same. I'm going to go 6 out of 10. And this is available now on video on demand platforms. Speaking of watch lists, let's, uh, let's dive into it. Let's get it. So, like I said, kind of a downer of a week for me. Uh, I saw, let's see, I'll start with... Yeah, that one's not worth talking about. I'll start with the fits. <laughs> hey, yeah, so the fits. All right. Uh, great. It was fantastic. Loved it. Uh, it was. It's <laughs> uh, a good size. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You 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 already talked about it a couple weeks ago. I pretty much mirror your uh, your thoughts. The the music was awesome. The the girl, uh, what's her name? Royalty Hightower. She was yeah. uh, amazing. For she's pretty fantastic. First time actress, right? Yeah. What the hell? I mean, she just yeah, she killed it. Fantastic job. Uh, yeah, it was just a it was a great movie. I I love pretty much everything about it. So I this will probably be somewhere in my top ten this year. 
Uh, if you're not familiar with the fits, basically it's about this uh, girl who is a she's attending boxing classes and she kind of is infatuated with these girls that are in the dance class next door. So she eventually joins them. And after she joins them, each of the girls start to have these mysterious uh, fits where they kind of shake and convulse and go into this trance and like have a seizure almost it almost looks like an epileptic seizure yeah uh and as more and more of these girls are having these fits and are being afflicted with this she's kind of struggling with her identity because she's sort of torn between you know the boxing side and the dance side and she's trying to fit in and be friends with these dancers but she doesn't i don't think she necessarily feels like she fits in she's part of them part of the group so it's very much a coming of age story, but it's not your it's not your typical coming of age story as far as like the tone and how it's presented. Yes, thank goodness. Yeah, there's not there's not a lot of uh like I mean, she doesn't even talk that much through the, through the movie. Well, yeah. Well, that's the, the, the even that's the the most impressive thing to me is that she the, she shoulders that entire movie with barely any dialogue. Yep. I mean, it's minimal dialogue. Yep. And there's a, there's another movie that is strangely similar that I'll be getting into in just a few minutes. I have one that is not similar at all. It's called The Tall Blonde Man with One Black Shoe from 1972. Uh-oh. It's a slapstick movie. The old slapstick comedy from the 70s. The old slapstick Yeah. French French slapstick. Sounds um, like a lark. Uh, I was hoping it would be. Um, it wasn't. And I'm maybe... Kind of learning that maybe just like French comedy isn't my thing. I don't know. I was just really in a mood for like a 70s. Just I wanted silly. I just wanted silliness. And I kind of got it. I mean, it flirts with silliness here and there. There's some there's some decent bits. But I mean, all in all, it was a pretty big letdown. There's actually at one point where I'm watching. I'm like, okay, you know, it's kind of setting up the storyline here. We're about ready to get into some slapstick they're just setting everything up like it just got to be patient and then i checked and realized that i was like 45 minutes in Mm. and i was like oh shit like this is the comedy like this is the movie from here on out and uh kind of disappointed it was uh it wasn't exactly what i was looking for but at the same time it's not like i did mildly enjoy myself for the runtime but uh it just seemed like a really missed opportunity because the main character, the uh, the unwitting, it's about these, it's uh, like espionage, French French spies, and they're feuding with each other in the same department. So to fuck with the one side, they go to the airport and just meet a guy. So the other side thinks that he's like a super agent, but he's just a regular dude. And it turns out that he's an orchestra violinist. So they just pick him. And then it turns into this whole thing where they're like following him and tailing him, Mike in his house and everything, and trying to figure out what this guy's doing. But he's not doing anything. He's just a violin player that has no idea what's going on. And the main character that plays him, he is like, he is perfect to be a slapstick superstar. I mean, he's gangly. He's, his hair's ridiculous. He has a very expressive face. I mean, it's just endless possibilities. And they do some things here and there that, you know, pretty entertaining bits, but. Overall, it just just didn't quite hit that level that I was looking for. Mm. And that's the tall man with one black shoe. The tall blonde man. Tall blonde man, sorry. And that's when uh, I watched that on Mubi. Mubi. 
Mubi. Check it out on Mubi. Uh, let's see. I saw Into the Inferno. It's the Werner Herzog. Yeah, and I forgot to say last week that I, I saw this as well. Ooh. Forgot to talk about it. Volcano Doc. Man, you put some opera on top of some volcano footage. <laughs> it's epic. I'll watch that shit every day, all day. Well, the thing that I noticed about this movie, and it was fine. I liked it. I, f- I found it to be entertaining, especially some of the facts that old Clive Oppenheimer gave to us. Uh, he was a bit of a dork, but... I, I did enjoy him. Uh, he yeah. was just so... He was so happy to talk about volcanoes. Him and that uh, that uh, anthropologist that the, the was digging up the bones in... Uh, uh, yeah. Where were they? Ethiopia, I believe. That guy, that guy was... Oh, I forgot. Yeah, he was excited. He was, he was so excited. It's fun to watch. Yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was an entertaining movie. Like a lot of Herzog documentaries, it likes to kind of branch off and meander a bit when it comes to the subject matter like he it's it's about volcanoes but it's about so much more than volcanoes he yeah and he's all over the place yeah this one this one feels more schizophrenic than uh, a lot of his other documentaries because it's just it it basically he traveled it's it's an excuse for him to travel to these different places around the world and just kind of wander around and meet people and find interesting stories which i'm totally fine with i'm totally fine with that uh, yeah. one, one thing that I, I found the footage of those, I believe they were uh, the French volcanologists, the, the married couple, the footage that they oh had God. was a hundred times crazier than what we saw in Herzog's footage, though. Yeah. I mean, that was oh, yeah. wild. I've never seen anything like that. And that, yeah. that footage alone is worth seeing this movie. Well, that's the thing. I just could, anytime they showed volcanoes. I just can't wrap my head around volcanoes. I know they're just they're they're so fascinating to watch. Like I just like the footage, the way it moves and stuff, like the ash plumes and everything. It just doesn't look real. I know it doesn't look real to me at all. And the like the crust on the top, yeah, of the just, lot, and and when, it like breaks apart, and it's just it's that's amazing. I, I want my I want my screensaver to just be lava flowing just, lava, just, just lava moving. I was just the most interesting thing about that movie was the the John from at the end. Yeah, that was how weird was that? So there's this village where they worship uh, an, this guy who they, they say he's an American GI who came down. Yeah, he's he's gonna come back one he's day. He's gonna come back one the, day, John from with all of these just. And it's funny what they pick. They say chewing gum, refrigerators, and Cadillacs. It's just, it's very like weird. The, like the Cadillacs make sense to me. That would be pretty cool if an American GI just popped out of a volcano and was like, here's Cadillacs. That would be cool. But to put chewing gum and refrigerators like on the same level as Cadillacs, it's just an odd three things to ask for. I'm surprised that Herzog didn't look into this more. Like, is John from a real person? Was he a GI that, you know, was deployed and ended up there at some point? Yeah. And I'm also really surprised that, like, someone with, like, a decent amount of money hasn't gone there, like, with a couple of Cadillacs, refrigerators, and chewing gum, <laughs> and just been like, hey, I'm John from. Here you guys go. And then he's, like, the he's god of that god. village. Yeah. Like, I can't believe that has not happened yet. Very interesting documentary. It's on Netflix, so I would I would recommend checking it out. Into the Inferno. It's something. It is quite something. Uh, I saw Avatar. Ooh. 
So this is this is interesting because you you saw Avatar, uh, and the other night I came home from work and my wife was watching Avatar, so I ended up sitting through and enduring about a quarter of it, which was you know two Ooh. hours long. Yeah, this movie is. I swear to God, it was like six hours. It just never ended. It just kept going and going. And I was like, surely it has to end at some point in time. My question for you is, why did you watch Avatar? Uh, I don't know. Just want to give it it a shot? Like, yeah, we were over at my sister-in-law's place and she had Avatar. And I was like, well, let's borrow and watch Avatar, I guess. I don't know why, but I didn't, I honestly didn't think it would be this bad. Like, I was shocked at how bad this movie was. Yeah, I don't know, maybe it was different when you saw it in like 2009. It was. Uh, I can t- I can tell you for a fact. Uh, I saw it in the theater, and I liked it. And I saw it in 3D. You know, on the I don't know if it was in IMAX or not. Uh, Might have just been 3D. Either way, I was kind of I was really impressed with it. After it came out on home release, I saw it on HBO, uh, and this was. I don't know, probably six months later or something, whenever it landed on HBO. And I watched it again, and I was like, this is horrible. This I cannot believe that I liked this movie. This is so terrible. So I think that that's, it, it was purely the theater-going experience that, that helped that. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that working. Because, I mean, it is, it's definitely a theater movie something that needs to be seen in a theater but also a movie that's that has that much cg in it where it's like 99 percent cg it's it's like a new car right as soon as you drive it off the lot it depreciates in value with movies like oh, that yeah, cause, the cg well, several and it's years really later, interesting yeah what's interesting because there's certain sections of it where the cg looks it looks immaculate you know, and it, one of the my favorite parts of it was like the, the luminescent landscape stuff, how it would kind of like light up. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that looked great. And some of these, and some of these, you know, settings look really fantastic. And then there's other sections, you know, where you have some action going on or you know movement, and it just looks it looks so terrible. And there's just that discrepancy is really jarring. To be like, wow, that looks really good, and then it's immediately followed by something that looks like absolute shit. Yeah, it's like the Jungle Book, the new Jungle Book movie. Remember how some some of the yeah. animation looks so good, and some of it looks so poor. But the thing that really gets me with Avatar is the the story. <laughs> Number one, the the voiceover it might be some of the worst I've ever seen or had to experience. That was just man. I mean, the screenplay for this is just absolutely atrocious. The acting's atrocious, but just the him like he essentially sets up the demise of the Navis, and then I like how like at the very last second you find out that there's all these other tribes, and they're like, "Let's get these tribes together." And it's like, "Why didn't you do that like eight months ago?" But the fact that he's single-handedly just about responsible for their downfall, and then he saves them, obviously because they can't save themselves, they need a white person to do it. But not only that, is he saves them by learning their culture and essentially showing them that I understand and can utilize your culture better than you can. Like, it's just so ridiculous. It is kind of offensive, isn't it? It's so offensive. It's just, it's disgusting. It was just awful. What an awful experience watching Avatar. (sighs) Yeah. I guess there was some some news about 
the Avatar sequel that got a release date or something this week. I didn't really look it up because I don't care. Yeah, that's going to be... Don't do that. Don't do an Avatar sequel, please. Uh, I saw one that... Uh, another one I didn't like here. This is called Nerdland. This is not out yet. Uh, it's it's on the horizon, though. It comes out, I think, in a week or so. Uh, this is directed by uh, Chris Pranofsky. It's uh, an animated film starring uh, Paul Rudd and Patton Oswalt. Okay. Uh, Titmouse made this movie. Do you remember Titmouse? They're uh, the animation group that has done a lot of the Adult Swim stuff. Remember their little bumper after <laughs> certain... I can't even remember what shows. But it's the little blue bird. It goes chirp. Mm, I think I know what you're talking about. Anyway, really good team. I like Titmouse. I did not like this movie. It is unfunny. It is all over the place. It is so scattered. It doesn't feel like a movie. It feels like an extended pilot of a TV show or maybe just two or three episodes of a TV show uh, kind of stuck together. Basically, yeah. Patton Oswalt and Paul Rudd play these kind of loser slackers who can't get they, – they get fired from their jobs. They can't get girlfriends, and they decide that they're going to do whatever it takes to become famous. They're just going to do whatever it takes. So they go out and they try to cash in on the whole YouTube thing and – make some viral videos that doesn't work and then they decide we're going to go on a killing spree. We're going to we're going to murder as many people as we can, but I, but that doesn't work either. And then they end up becoming sort of locally famous through by accident and it just is so bad. I can't even I can't even express how disappointing this movie was i was pretty excited to see it it premiered at tribeca and i was really bummed because i missed it at tribeca i had a scheduling conflict so as soon as i got the screener for this i was like yes i'm gonna check this out it looks really funny it is not funny it is full of really lame dated social media jokes and this kind of gross out humor that just does not work and it feels tacked on and extraneous and there's just nothing enjoyable about this movie. The animation's slightly interesting, but that's all I can say. And it's it's really a shame because the cast in this is great. I mean, you have Paul Rudd and Patton Oswalt. You also have Hannibal Burris, um, Ricky Lindholm, Mike Judge, Reed Scott. Like you have all these great you know voice voice performances, but they just the material that they're working with is just so poor. Wow. So I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't expecting that movie to be that bad. It's, it's bad. Uh, I would, I would avoid Nerdland. Mm, wow. Uh, I have one to not avoid. Perfect segue. Yes. It is nailed it. <laughs> just did a fist bump. You can't see that, but I did it. Um, the Phenom from this year, Noah Bushel, Bushel, Noah Bushel. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. This is on a uh, Netflix instant. <laughs> And uh, this is quite a surprise for this year. I'm really glad that I checked this one out. It's, uh, you got Paul Giamatti, Ethan Hawke, both of them give great performances. Uh, you got Johnny Simmons plays a rookie pitcher in the major leagues, a hot phenom. He's, you know, he's having an unbelievable year. It's his first year in the league. He's just destroying everybody. But uh, he has this one outing where he's facing another pitcher, pitcher that's batting. And he ends up throwing like a bunch of wild pitches, kind of falls apart in front of the national audience. And he's just kind of rattled. 
So he has to go to a, like a sports therapist, a mental coach, which is played by Paul Giamatti. And they kind of like, I said that it's a baseball movie, but there's not a lot of baseball in this. So if you're, if you're not a big baseball fan, I would still check it out because it's more about him interacting with his mental coach and trying to like get over this hurdle of what's affecting him, which turns out to be his relationship with his dad, who's played by Ethan Hawke, who is kind of like a in and out of jail. He was supposed to be a pro baseball player, but things kind of fell apart, that type of thing. So that's what he's dealing with. And then all the pressures of him being, you know, like one of the top prospects in the league and, you know, in, in high school and all that type of thing. And uh, it's just, it's really fantastic uh screenplay acting is great uh he does a lot of interesting things too with the visuals even though it's kind of like a low-key like you know just kind of like a family drama really um but there's this one sequence where he's pitching in high school and ethan hawk his dad is in the stands and he gets arrested and just like everything fades out to black except for the police siren lights which lights everything and it kind of goes to iris in and just focuses on him and Ethan Hawke and what's happening there. And then there's another unbelievable uh, in a hotel room where he's talking with his agent and stuff. And it cuts time. It just completely jumps time, but without cutting the, the shot. Mm. So he like walks into the bathroom. And then as the camera pans over the rest of the, the hotel room, they're now sitting and eating dinner. I love it when that it's happens. Just, yeah, you know, it's just... You know, there's not a lot of action in this movie. You know, it's it's uh, most of it's hinged on dialogue, but you know, just little moments like that where it really livens things up, and it's just really interesting. Plus, I mean, just Ethan Hawke does an incredible job, and Paul Giamatti too. Do a fan. I mean, both of them. I mean, it was it was quite the surprise. Cool. That's the Phenom. The Phenom on Netflix. I highly suggest that one. One of my favorites of the year. Wow, that's great. That's impressive. Yeah. Uh, one that I don't suggest is Dudes from 1987. This is directed by Penelope Spheris, who did uh, Wayne's World, and she did that uh, documentary series, The um, Decline of Western Civilization, that I was a big fan of. Uh, interesting director. This movie's not that interesting. It stars John Cryer and Daniel Roebuck and Flea as three everything yeah everything you just said sounds pretty fucking interesting yeah so they play these three punk rockers who live in new york city and they're just tired they're tired of living in the grimy city so they're they're gonna go out west they're gonna head to california start a new life so they're they're taking a road trip out to california they they decide to camp out along the way and they get jumped by a bunch of rednecks. And these these kind of hillbilly types kill Flea. And they decide to... They, at first, they were just going to say, screw it and go to California. But then they decide to get revenge and find these guys and kill them. Now, this sounds like a pretty heavy movie. This is a comedy. And in the synopsis, uh, it says... It's a lighthearted comedy. Now, nothing about this. And the funny thing is it's presented in a very lighthearted way, but there's so much killing in this. It's like, what is... Like, tonally, I don't understand what's going on here. Like, their friend got shot in the face and killed. And then they are systematically killing these men 
but there's like no like nobody cares that any of these people are getting killed like there i mean it's just it's a very very odd movie not to mention the fact that you have john cryer daniel roebuck is these kind of like hardcore punk rock dudes like daniel roebuck has a huge mohawk and john cryer looks like he's sid vicious and these are like two actors that i would never think would be in that you know fit into that kind of character because when you think of john cryer you just think of him as the guy from two and a half men who's this kind of straight laced dork this is him this is him i guess trying to break out from being like you know essentially typecast there i mean back then because this is in the 80s so back then he had some other roles like this but i don't know i don't know to say it's it's not great it's semi-entertaining but it really took me a long time to get through it i had to turn it off and come back to it about three times and like avatar this felt like it was just never gonna end it just went on Mm -hmm. forever and ever and ever but it's eh, it's okay there's no dvd release for this so the only way you can see it (laughs) the only way you can see it is on vhs or on youtube i saw it i watched it on youtube it's a Probably a glorious VHS rip. It is a too, VHS right? rip, and it is absolutely atrocious quality. Wow! So you know, check it out. Uh, I'm trying to because I'm I'm completing my uh, 52 films by women challenge. So a lot of the movies that I'm picking are more more obscure, and uh, yeah, this was one of them. <laughs> it just it it sounds like something I have to watch. It's on YouTube. You can check it out for free. It's it's weird. It's like I said, kind of totally very off because it's like a fun road trip movie with these two dorky punk guys, but they're killing people. I just like that they're called dudes, but they're punk rockers. Mm-hmm. Like dudes are surfers. Yeah, but I think I, I don't know if it's referring to like dudes as in cowboys, like dude ranch. Okay, that's true. Cause the, the, there's this kind of cowboy theme because where they end up is in Utah, and it's not like it's re- it's not specifically rednecks like southern rednecks that are coming after him. It's like cowboys, and Daniel okay. Roebuck ends up dressing up like a Native American in it, and then John Cryer oh, okay. dresses up like a cowboy. Right. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, and the poster. The poster is so much worse exactly. than the movie. <laughs> the poster <just> looks amazing. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, can you can you look more eighties comedy than than the they, cactus? Because it looks as though they're they're out in the desert, and you know someone's looking for them, chasing them. They're like, "Let's try and blend in." Do they do that at any no. point in the movie? Where no. They try that. They pretend to be cactus. <laughs> No, I, I wish I wish that happened, but no, that doesn't happen. Uh, at, at no damn. point in this movie is there a cactus that is dressed up like one of them. Oh, that would be perfect. Yeah, I don't know what's that's up with that poster. It's ridiculous. That's a bummer. Oh, that's all I got oh, okay. from, from my side of things. All right, I got a couple more things that I can uh, quickly mention. Uh, the big one is Moonlight. I saw Moonlight this week. Uh, this this will certainly be one of my favorites of the year. This is, um, it's directed by Barry Jenkins. It chronicles the life of this, this young boy uh, living in Miami. And 
it goes through his childhood so it's it's set up in kind of three acts uh the first one is when he's a young boy the second one is when he's kind of in his adolescence in high school and the third one is when he's a grown man and it just it goes through his life and his, the kind of trials and tribulations uh that he faces and oh my god this is oh, this movie it is every scene is so perfectly shot it's just it's a beautiful beautiful film it's a tragic film it's very it's very sad um the kind of life that he is that's thrust upon him and i would highly recommend seeing moonlight i think it is playing everywhere now uh the the performances in this are absolutely amazing by all three of the uh the actors that play the main character um and it's just it's so nearly perfect for me i just i loved it i thought it was just incredible incredible oh i can't wait can't wait to see it yeah it's uh the that was the other news thing that i forgot to mention was that the independent spirit award nominees were announced this week oh, yeah, that's right yeah and I, yeah and i think moonlight had the most nominations i think they ended up getting nominated for like nine or something i also saw the uh the director of embers mm-hmm She's up for something, or she did win one of those because they have those grants. I think it was one of those grants. Yeah, that uh, I'm surprised that movie that movie really took off after. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, that's it. And another thing is that's actually on that's on Netflix instead right now too. You can watch Embers. I was yeah, I was pleasantly surprised to see. Uh, I I don't even remember what was where did we first. I don't remember what festival it played. Like it played a really small festival. It was like some weird, like small festival, and we covered it. And then it it started getting into more festivals. And then I think Buzz just started growing up around this this movie. Very pleased with that. Uh, but anyway, Moonlight, go see it. It's definitely one of the best movies of the year. Uh, I don't I don't know if it's gonna be like I would love to see it be nominated for some Oscars. I don't know if it's mainstream enough to to get uh, noticed by the academy but this is gonna be the year i can feel it i, I hope so feel it uh, i saw a movie called mirror mirror from 1990 this is not the uh not the fairy tale one uh-huh. that was the one with julia roberts right uh did not see that one that's it's a different mirror mirror it's a horror yeah, movie right directed by marina sorgenti sorgenti uh it's a kind of a kind of a witchcraft type movie uh, it's definitely got that late eighties, early nineties aesthetic to it. The main character looks almost exactly like Lydia Dietz from Beetlejuice. I want to know writer's yeah. character from Beetlejuice. She's this kind of goth girl from LA who moves to this small town with her mom played by Karen Black. And they, there's this strange mirror that was left over in their house. And it turns out that this is sort of a demonic mirror that has the ability to grant wishes, sort of. Uh, and you can kind of use the mirror to do whatever you want, get whatever you want. Um, and the the girl, I think her name's Rainbow Harvest. That's her name, Rainbow Harvest. Uh, that's, her, right. that, that's her real name is Rainbow Harvest. She, oh, she, yes. <laughs> yeah. she sort of falls under the mirror's spell and starts doing a lot of really terrible things and the movie's average it's it's not great it's okay it, it was semi-entertaining 
nothing really noteworthy with this one except the end. There's a really cool twist that happens at the end that that sort of redeemed any kind of um, you know uh, mediocre aspects of this movie. That that uh, so I'd say maybe it's worth checking out. It's on Shutter. And the only other one that I saw was Come and See from 1985. Okay. Yeah, so I watched Evolution, and I was like, well, I'm, I'm in the mood for a palate cleanser after Evolution, so I watched Come and See. Um, did you know what Come and See was about? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was kidding. Uh, so it's funny because, you know, everybody always talks about how brutal this movie is. And for the first, like, probably almost the first hour... I was like, well, you know, this is this is bad. It's terrible. It's it's this is really sad and really emotional, but I'm just not seeing the the major brutality of this. And then and then the, the shit really started to happen there towards the end and I was like, "Oh my god." Yeah. Yeah. I will say that I've seen a lot of war movies and I think that this is the best uh, World War 2 movie. One of the best. And I, I don't know. I think I still have a soft spot for Saving Private Ryan, but this I mean, is this is up there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. as far as a movie that realistically and accurately shows the brutality of war without uh, Hollywoodizing it or uh, romanticizing it in any way, it's th- this is it. I mean, you you watch this and you just you see what's going on, and it looks real, it feels real. And it's like you're just disgusted by what you're seeing on the screen. Yeah, there's that one because another thing for me was the cinematography in this is it is outstanding. out of control. It is so there's, good. And there's that one scene that just sticks with me, which is when he's with the girl and they kind of run past the barn. Oh my god! And, and it pans, and it pans and, back. And it just, yeah, and you just see, like, you just catch a glimpse of because, all the bodies. Yeah, because she sees it, and he doesn't see it. He he keeps running, and she she looks back and sees it. So he's still all happy. He thinks he knows where everybody is. But just the way that they are tracking them and then pan back, and you see just, it. I mean, it, yeah. it like it made me audibly say, oh, my God, when it, yeah. when it happened. Because it just evoked that kind of reaction. It was just so... Uh, powerful. I mean, this the cinematography in this movie is amazing. It is so good. This is, I would say, almost at masterpiece level for me. Like it was almost a perfect movie. There were a couple things that kind of irked me. Just a couple scenes. Really, just one scene specifically was the weird, the laughing scene where when he first meets the girl and they're just like they're crying and then they're laughing and then it just it just lingers. It goes on and on and on. And I'm like, okay, I get it. You guys are laughing. It's funny. You're living in a funny topsy turvy world. Let's just move on. It was so for some reason it just annoyed me to no end. But the fact that they used live ammunition in this that just that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh was crazy and made everything look even more Oh yeah, that wild. scene with like the cow and mm-hmm. oh god. Yeah. Yep. Uh, apparently the the movie was so traumatic that it made the kids hair go gray during the during filming. And when you see it at the end of the movie cuz th- th- this movie was actually shot in chronological order, uh when you see it at the end his hair, he does have gray streaks in his hair. <laughs> so ridiculous. And they I also read that they tried to hypnotize him 
uh, for when they shot some of the really kind of brutal scenes. They didn't want to mess him up because, you know, he's a young kid. So they didn't want to mess him up. So they tried to hypnotize him, but it didn't work. So, uh, all right. Yeah. A lot, right. a lot of really interesting <laughs> things about destroy, this movie. It's just destroy one kids. I, I guess I should mention if, if you're not familiar with come and see it's a, it's a Russian film that is about, it takes place in, um, uh, Belarus and it's about a young kid, very young kid. He's like 12 or 13, maybe who decides to join, uh, the resistance fighters against, the Nazis in World War II, and it just kind of goes through his his story, and it is just heart wrenching. Mm-hmm. So, but I would I would recommend seeing it. I think it is one of these kind of must must see movies. Uh, it, it makes me wonder why you know they would never show this in schools, but this is this is one that you need to see in schools. You know, Sh- show this yeah. to, to kids because it's about. It's a also kid. the type of it's also the type of movie that deserves it deserves a release from somebody i you know yeah i mean like a a respectful restoration i mean it needs something it's too good it's wallow and i forget who who puts it out but i think it's only i don't like dvd i don't even know if there's a blu-ray of it yeah it's the the dvd i watched was really shit quality so i think that it does need uh, it needs a remaster. It needs the Blu-ray treatment. I mean, I think I don't understand why Criterion wouldn't put this out. I mean, of course they have to get the rights and all of that stuff, but I think that this is a no-brainer for Criterion. It's it yeah. fits it fits with their model perfectly. Because I mean, holy shit! Just I, that's that's what surprised me the most was how amazing the cinematography in this movie was. Like it just it looked so good. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Also, the sound. Uh, early on in the movie a bomb goes off right by the kids so he's pretty much deaf through the whole movie so what we hear is a lots of like muffled uh chatter and stuff like that and then towards the end when the nazis invaded the village it was just non-stop i mean the the, the sound is so intense at times and then muffled like you have this kind of it's it's really interesting how they the, design the sound in this, and also the fact that they quite frequently look directly into the camera. Yeah. So that's that's always something I like. All right, uh, that does it for what we've been watching. Let's talk about some predictions. Last week, Allied, you said fifty-two. I said sixty-eight. Actual sixty-two. Nice. Bad Santa two. You said twenty. I said eighteen. Actual twenty-four. Wow, that's too high. Yeah, I feel like that is too high. And Lion, you said 40, I said 42, actual 77. What? Lion, roar. (laughs) Oh, God. Next week, we have Jackie. Lots of of positive buzz about this one. Lots of big buzz. Watch out. Natalie Portman action. I think that this is going to be, this is going to be huge. Ooh. I'm going to say, I'll say 87. I'm going to say that it's going to be uh, inexplicably popular because it looks like garbage. I'm going to say, what number did you go I with? I said 87. 87? I'm going to go with an 82. You know, it's funny with these with these biopics. It's, they always try to make it like it's something different. Like, oh, this is a different kind of biopic. Like, this, yeah. this focuses on a different aspect of their life. Or this looks at it from a different angle. 
but it always or most often it ends up being just the same it's gonna be awful. And with Jackie, I just I don't know. I'm a, I'm a huge Natalie Portman fan, so I might give it a look just for that. And I'm sure that it's gonna be up for all kinds of Oscars and shit. But yeah, I don't know. The one that I am excited for is The Eyes of My Mother. That's we're not gonna predict that because it's not um, getting any kind of wide release. I think it's coming out on VOD actually. But The Eyes of My Mother, that very does, yeah. interested in that one. That does look good. Yeah, uh, Always Shine comes out. Awesome. Yeah, uh, that one is absolutely worth checking out. That's the Sophia Tikal one with uh, Mackenzie Davis. Uh, let's see what else we got. Pet. That's the one. We'll be talking about that later this week in Ryan Watches a Movie. Man Down. That's the Shia LaBeouf one that has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Watch out. Yeah, I, I don't know. A lot of these are getting VOD, but I don't I don't really know anything that's getting wide. Re- I don't even think Jackie's getting a wide release, actually. Probably not. I think that's getting um, a limited release for uh, qualifying, qualifying run. Yay. Yeah, so I don't, I don't really know. Not, not a lot coming out next week. Hmm. A movie called Sire, no. Siren, uh, which Ooh. is, you know what that is? Remember the VHS segment in the first VHS movie? It was the I think it was the first segment um, about the guys having like, they were like, I don't know, it was a bachelor party oh, or something. Trying to hook up with that, yeah, Benji yeah. That's the that's the adaptation of that short. So they they extended that into a feature. Okay, that's a bad idea. It is. It really is. I'll probably I'll probably watch it. Hmm. Yeah. All right. VOD next week. Let's see what we got. On December first, we got Alley Cats. Not sure what that's about. Uh, we got Pet. That's this is on the second. Then we have Siren, Blood Brothers, and Run the Tide. <laughs> <laughs> I like the poster for that one. We have Mavis, and then we also have The Eyes of My Mother. Lots of stuff on VOD next week. Since we updated our, our calendar, we've been getting a lot more uh, people contacting us with upcoming VOD dates. So if, you, if there's anything that's missing on our VOD calendar on the site, send me an email, podcast at filmpulse.net, or just send me a tweet at filmpulse.net and let me know. If there's a specific date, we're looking for pre-theatrical and day-and-date VOD releases. Um, we're trying to make the most complete VOD calendar out there because they there's not another one that exists. Next, Correct. Next week on Blu-ray, this is for November 29th. Got the Driller Killer, the Abel Ferrara, 1979. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, getting an Arrow release. Cool. Uh, you know, I saw that a couple years ago, and I don't really remember too much about it, but I remember it being very sleazy. Oh, you know it's going to be sleazy. Mm-hmm. We got Don't Breathe. That's the uh, Fide Alvarez one that I would absolutely recommend. One of my favorite horror movies of the year. We got the BFG. We got Pete's Dragon. Uh, Phenomenon from 1985 getting a release. Okay. Any criterions? Zero criterions. Mm, it's unfortunate. Yeah. So I would say for next week on Blu-ray, maybe check out the Driller Killer. I mean, that that pheno- I would recommend that Phenomena Steelbook, but it's probably expensive. Looks like one that's expensive. Yeah. I'd say if it's if it, you can find it cheap, I'd say pick it up. But anytime they tackle Steelbook, 
There's also one, uh, 1976's Death Machines comes out on Blu-ray. That's a Vinegar Syndrome release. I'm interested in that. that. Was that a plural? Yeah, Death Machines. Death Death Machines. Yeah, it's got a great cover. An evil oriental dragon lady injects three martial arts fighters with a serum that turns them into zombie-like assassins, and she sends them out against her enemies. Yes, please. <laughs> oh, oh, vinegar syndrome. I love you. Please, I want this. I need this. Oh, how could I forget? Absolutely fabulous. The movie also comes out. Oh. Yeah. Oh. All right, I think that that is going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse, and consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. New York City.